0: Maintaining revival's spiritual integrity. You need to think about that. Maintaining revival's spiritual integrity. Why? Because what the enemy does is he makes things look not pure. You see, God moves family in spite of us. Now, that's not a license for us just to do our number in the flesh. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God discerns the heart. But I want to help you here with, um, with this concept. And I want us to go to Ephesians 4, verse 17 to 24. I'm sure you great scholars of the word know where we're going. And I want to read this. I think if the Holy Ghost has his way, we're going to stay on here for a long time. There's so much. Watch this. The new man. This I say then, Paul talking to the Ephesians church. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Can you, can you, if you watch the thread of the Holy Ghost in the messages that he's bringing, what he's doing is bringing separation. So when the shoe doesn't fit in the world, stop wearing it. Don't try and force your foot into a shoe that doesn't work. Hello. You're not supposed to fit in. You're supposed to be different. Not for the sake of being different, but in the context of God's word. Ephesians 4, give them a hand. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Ephesians four nineteen: who past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now watch this, church. This is what the Lord saying to us. He says, but you have not so learned Christ. Come on, say that to your neighbor. But you, bump them, because they're probably dozing off. Bump them. But you have not so learned Christ. Think about that. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. As you sit here, week in and week out, and you eat that watermelon, what's transpiring is your subconscious mind gets renewed to the word of God. Previous thoughts, habits, the way you would reference life gets changed. That looks really good, brother. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh. <laughs> Holding your missus. That's cute. I don't know. I mean, just we just broadcasted a bit. Amen. Because it's wonderful. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on, that's what I want you to look at again, and that you put on, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's go back to the title of our message this evening. Maintaining revival's spiritual integrity. We were born again in nineteen in the early nineteen eighties, born again in a revival. I believe it was October nineteen eighty-three. Got born again. Was in a church. Massive revival broke out in South Africa, both in Durban, Cape Town even in the Dorps, but also in Johannesburg. And it was, we, would, we would witness people being transformed in their hundreds. Hundreds. That you had to go to church very early to get a seat. And if you wanted your particular seat, Then you're looking at two to three hours. Otherwise, you're not going to get your seat that you like. This is for the gospel. Okay? But something happened. And the revival died. But it never died in my my heart and my wife's heart. And there are many interpretations. You've heard me say this many times. There are many interpretations about revival. But in my quest to understand why, not in a statement of doubt to the Lord, but out of the integrity of my heart, so I don't go down the wrong way, I have sought for the Lord to tell me, to teach me, how do you maintain the spiritual integrity of revival? And there are different levels. And so people, especially in the church, have Christianese conversations. We, we talk a language that many people don't understand. So we use the word revival. I don't know who started it. But it's really an awakening. And the way it comes about, let me not get ahead of myself, sorry Lord. So, it's prompted this in my heart to look for the spiritual awakening and the integrity with which we can walk in an awakening. And we have, to a greater or lesser degree, in our respective lives, experienced revival. But as little as a few months ago, some who were on fire for God are no longer on fire. Yeah others who weren't are now something's wrong with that picture so i believe the holy ghost wants to teach us why these things happened he doesn't want to walk us to walk around in the futility of our mind coming up with opinions and theories that he has no part in and so maybe I can just go one step further to maintain spiritual revivals, interi- spiritual integrity, is a quality of honesty. Did you know that? I want you to see this. Because there's a lot of fakes in the world. Revival begins strong Moral principles are enforced in your life through the Word of God. Not law. He brings principles of truth. And that's the foundation of where revival must go. And so what happens, what we have witnessed with the enemy in many revivals that we have seen, he brings in chaos through worldliness or fleshly outworkings, and then people start to withdraw. But if the Lord teaches us, as he's doing, the true spiritual integrity of revival, then we can be a part of it and not shut it down. The world is in a very sad place. Very, very sad place. And we have the hope and the answers for much of what they need. However, if the desire we had in serving God begins to wane, What happens is, we'll stop speaking. You know, in a divorce, it didn't start with the first argument. It takes a long time until eventually it ends in divorce. But what happens in that process is there's an estrangement. And a mistrust. And so what happens in the church if we're not careful with revival, there's a mistrust. When is this thing going to blow over? Well, I'm 40 years down the road and it hasn't blown over yet for me. And it's only getting gooder so I believe the Holy Ghost is going to give us some proper spiritual grounding so we can embrace and walk in the fullness. The revivals of the 90s, there's been many, but the revivals that I want to do, and I'm not going to go into detail, I'm just going to raise them. There were revivals in the 1900s and then again in the late 50s. It was the healing revival that just about anybody laid hands on people, they got saved. I mean, healed. I mean, it, it just, they didn't even, they just, it was just on everybody. Of course, many, many preachers. And that was in the 50s, 60s coming in. And then the Holy Ghost, obviously, the early 1900s was in part the Pentecostal revival. And later on, the charismatic revival, which was denominations that encountered God in a different way. The preaching wasn't different, necessarily. It was God felt He could come, clearly. And He did. See, God loves people. And so, what what I want us to Start asking ourselves, because what happened in the 1900s and the 1950s leads us to three key questions. These are not comprehensive in their entirety, but they just give us thoughts. Please understand this. In the kingdom of God, you are not intended to be ignorant. You are supposed to understand what is going on. Hello? Religion keeps you blinded. Truth opens your eyes. Truth makes you free. So the Holy Ghost is bringing us to this place because if the prophetic word is accurate, then the greatest revival in all the earth is supposed to break forth before the coming of Jesus. And when it breaks forth, what will we be doing? Will we be offended? Or will we be jumping in boots and all? Come on. So I want to ask three questions. And we're only going to unpack the first one. Why did it happen? You don't have to answer this yet because I haven't finished preaching. But when I'm finished preaching, you must answer it. Why do revivals happen? Why did the revival happen? Why did all the revivals happen? Well, there's a combination of things. Prayer is certainly one of them. I believe one of the greatest things that moves revival is God's love for His people And when he can see, he needs to come in now and save them from themselves. That might not go down too well in the doctrines of the churches. Why did it happen? Number two, what outcomes can be expected? Number three, how can spiritual integrity be maintained? Think about that. In business, one of your biggest challenges is maintaining integrity. Because most people are crooked. Little crooks, you get, medium crooks, and then big crooks. Remember, there's no white lie, it's a lie. Well, just a little, bend, a little bend is the beginning of a deviation on your walk in truth. It will come and hit you behind the head. So, I want to take four points just for you to think about. Why did it happen? Revival occurs or awakening occurs when there is an evident need for the church to reestablish its purpose for being in the earth in the first place. Think about that. What is the purpose of this church? Think about it. Can you see? So revival comes... So the church, once again, church, wah, all of us, picks up their mandate of what they are supposed to be doing. Fishing for men, not fish. Now, you can fish, obviously. What happens when the church begins to awaken in its purpose, all of us collectively, individuals catch the fire. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. So, I want you not to get into condemnation but to genuinely look at whether the fire of God is still in your heart. I'm not talking about attending church. That's wonderful. Thank God. Come on family. Watch this. So then the individuals become awakened. And this is not a process that comes to an end. That's what I want to stress beyond measure. It literally goes in abundance to the full and then it overflows. That's the process. It doesn't change. Remember, we're talking about maintaining revival's spiritual integrity, and there is a lot. That I need to go through. Number two. Or B. Now wait. Before I go there. What happens when the church finds its purpose. Listen carefully. Missions start. (coughs) Missions start. What is a missionary? A sent one. Where do they come from? Out the local church. What is their purpose? To take the gospel of good news to a lost and dying world and change their destiny. So you see, unless there's an awakening, they won't come forth Sent ones. So we last Sunday night had all these young Americans that had come in to our country to serve our country. Now I want you to see something. Surely you can see this. When the Lord called us to plant the church, He didn't elaborate on some of the things that are now happening. But what happens the more you stay awakened to God the more he imparts responsibility for what you should be doing in the body of Christ whether you're in business or not in business Now 1b remember we're on 1 what did it what why, why did it happen What happens in revival Sincere believers desire to recover the dynamic power of the Holy Ghost, which transformed and empowered the early church, is awakened. You cannot have a revival truly without the Holy Ghost. Now remember, the importance of the Holy Ghost is... Jesus left, let me put it to to the word, Jesus left and he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go, I cannot send to you the Holy Ghost. So the church in this dispensation should be living in a distinct advantage. See, If you keep deferring these things to the future, Jesus will have come and gone, and when you get your reward in heaven, it might be a little mud pie. I don't know if they got mud pies in heaven. I haven't been there yet, but are you with me? So he comes now, and he gives us opportunity to be a part of what he's doing. So, and I'll give you scripture. The third thing, just watching the time. The third thing, demonstrating the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please get this, is not a movement. Do you know how many people come forward here and the Spirit of God says, check on the Holy Ghost with them? Have you ever noticed? Almost without fail. Why? Because they powerless Without Him, they are sincere. They love God. But circumstances bang them from one end of town to the other every day of the week. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have the greatest teacher to bring the strategies now remember there are two aspects of the holy ghost one is the born again experience and the next one is the baptism of the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues don't confuse speaking in tongues with the demonstration of the holy ghost that's a sign it's not a demonstration The demonstration is when Peter and John said, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have I give unto you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Come on, family. See, the Holy Ghost brings about transformation. If you and I don't change, family, then there's something amiss with the Holy Ghost. Authority. Not that He's lacking. We're grieving Him. Because He doesn't change. But our disobedience to His unction, I've learned one thing, and I don't want to make a doctrine out of this, but it's worth, bears repeat. The more times you are disobedient the less you will hear Him. When you get that little prompting, and it makes no sense, but your heart's going boom, 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 boom. But, but, but Lord, I'm not ready for this. When you are weak, then you are strong. Family. When you are weak, then you are strong. Can you see? So it's so important that we understand these things. Because at the moment, we're outward focused. But the same Holy Ghost focuses on the inside. We sang the song tonight. And He helps us to manage our lives in accordance with God's Word to keep destruction at bay. You see, when the Holy Ghost comes, let me remind you, He's the agent of restoration. Meaning, he wants to fix what is broken. And he does that through faith, our faith in the Word of God, but also our obedience to what he's saying. So in 2005, demonstration, I'm coming to this church to preach. Pastor Dave's the pastor, and I'm coming to preach on faith 2005 I can almost take you to the spot on the M4 I'm driving praying in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God says to me change gear and think global just like that Hmm? I do think global Lord I'm in the global business that's not what he's meaning that's not what he's meaning I won't go any further on that story. But you need to hear this. It is so very, very important. So, I want to see that you learn how to recover the spiritual endowment that God has given you. If you get that unction, wherever you are, step out. What if nothing happens? Dead men and women don't have a reputation. The devil will try and use your reputation. You're making a fool of yourself. And if you pick up on that, then you'll never experience the fullness of what he wants us to do. The third thing, demonstrating... Demonstrating. Demonstrating, what is demonstrating? We're going to see one tomorrow. <laughs> is that right? They're not talking now, they're acting now, they're demonstrating. Demonstrating the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a movement. Those folks in Insight, they believe in speaking in that tongue thing. No. We demonstrate. We demonstrate. Come on, stay with me here. It's an experience of a quality and an ability. Bump your neighbor. Say he's going to say something now. Hey, you need to listen for a change. Come on, tell, hey, you need to listen for a change. Listen carefully. Great man once said that. Experience of a quality and ability of spiritual power for what? Listen. Intensified service. Did you hear me? Not just service. Well, I'll just play, I'll usher along here. Nothing wrong with the ushers. I'll just do a bit of ushering, and then the Lord's face shall shine upon me. No, the Holy Ghost is given for intense service. Where it's very Uncomfortable to go but he won't let you down did you get that if you get around the Holy Ghost he's never going to hurt you but it could become very uncomfortable because he's going to ask you stuff in accordance with the word that you may never have gone to before. And again, amen. Amen. Let's go to the Word, in case you say, where is he digging this up from? Let's go to the Word, you good Word people, right? Look at this. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching were not with... Oops. We're not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Not in the wisdom of man, in the power of God. Listen. The power and demonstration is not a place of apology. You don't apologize for Jesus. You love people, and his love messes up their life so he can bring restoration. They've been building for years their way. Then he intercepts them, encounters them like did he to Paul. What happened? Paul encountered him. Paul was never the same again. Now, I'm not asking you to come in here like some weirdo tomorrow And be something else. I'm talking about an experience with the Holy Ghost. So that if you can just hear this. That your faith will not stand in the wisdom of man. It doesn't matter what area it is. However, what you have to be very sure of. Is that your faith is based on God's word and not some emotional experience revival may break out in laughing, laughing revival can bring forth healing revival can turn people literally inside out or outside in but it's a reality check It's not, yes, your flesh may feel something, but don't be going by how you feel. If you want to encounter the Holy Ghost. Now, you baptize in the Holy Ghost, you're speaking in other tongues, but now there's another aspect. This is where I want you to go with me. You and me, we're on this journey and my speech and my preaching are not with persuasive words, but demonstration, but demonstration, but demonstration, but demonstration. 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 Many years ago now, The Lord said to me, things weren't in the business where they should have been. And it was the devil's last big hit. He does try. And I went before the Lord. And I said to the Lord, I'm a tither. No answer. Lord, I'm a tither. Unction in the spirit. Read Malachi. I can quote Malachi. Read Malachi 3, 10, 11, and 12. Read it. I read it. He says, now believe it and let it do the work. Guess what happened? It's happened. Well, that's too simple. No, 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 no. no. I can't do that. That's far too simple. Well, in sweat! <laughs> the Lord said to me, Now you speak this word, even though you can quote it, Multiple times a week, when you speak it, you're sending it out, and it is working, and it is working, and that's what's happened. That's what's happened. That's what's happened, family. The demonstration of God's word who causes it to be demonstrated. You see, the Father is the executive. In the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is the contractor. He gets things done. Even the Father let Him create the earth. And the Spirit of God brooded upon the earth. Is that what the Bible says? God spoke it as the executive. The Holy Ghost Brought it into reality. And many times he's patting us on and we just don't listen. Worship in adoration of our heavenly father. Why did it happen? To bring us to a place of worship. Because the Bible says, let's go there. So you know I'm I'm preaching the word, not making these things up. You know where it is, John 4. The woman at the well right? John 4, verse 21 to 22, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. What does that look like? That's not singing a little song. See, worship is of the heart. Because the Bible says, they praise me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Come on, family. Isn't this exciting? Truth sets us free. Amen. Amen. Verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now, if you do this, I am not on you. Otherwise, I'd be standing on you. So I'm not picking on you. But I can tell you this happens. Well, I don't like how long they worship. So I I will go in at 20 past nine. I just like the revival teaching. Well, when you come in, what happens is your heart doesn't open. And the seeds of truth fall on hardened ground and they don't germinate. Can you see, family? The most common thing that happens with men when they're in unbelief they hide. They literally hide. That's what happens. Oh boy, I don't want to hear I can just hear him. He'll say yeah, there comes a word and he's gonna give me a word, I don't want no 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 no. So Revival, let's close, is always accompanied by heartfelt repentance. So listen. Well, I believe in revival. I don't know about you, but I repent many times a day. I'm just a pastor. I haven't got as spiritual as you guys are. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit will check me. Quick. Quick. Not condemnation. Watch it, son. Repent. Why? Because I'm building a wall up against my fellowship with God. So the enemy will make sure that there are things that he can throw my way, that if I take it, the wall, it's a brick in the wall. There was a song like that once. No, I won't go there. <laughs> That's from my misspent youth. We're not going there. So I want you to see this as we close. Repentance is the turning away from the old ways and embracing a new life that responds to the unctions of the Holy Ghost. As you go out this week, whatever it looks like, those unctions, learn to hear them. They are so crucial to your well-being as a person. The Lord said, a thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand but it shall not come near you. That's only possible when we listen to the unction and we find ourselves geographically in the place at the right time without emotions, living out the purposes of God. So all I'm asking you is don't be embarrassed to repent Multiple times. Because you restore your fellowship with your Father. If you've blown it, repent. You've still got your salvation. That's the most important. Are you with me? Don't abandon those things. Stay with the purposes of God. So begin to let God teach you by the Spirit of God what integrity in your heart looks like. Never mind Charlie Brown what he's doing or Jane Blob what she's doing. Look at your heart, not in judgment, allowing truth to filter through your heart And you'll find you never have to look over your shoulder. You see, when you walk in truth, you never have to be careful what you say. Because you remember what you said. Isn't there an old theory, a liar has to keep lying because he can't remember what his last lie was? Sorry, brother, I'm spitting on you. But it's anointed. Well, Jesus took spit and healed an eye. Maybe I should just... (laughs) Can you see, family? Be free in truth. Not to sin, to be victorious. That the devil has nothing on you. Come on. The devil has nothing on you. Amen. What do you have to do next? I'm finished preaching now. Slaw. Belile. Done. What are we doing now? Repent. In your heart. You know where you are with God. I'm not talking about sackcloth and ashes. I'm talking about, Father, that thing that you've been reminding me, I repent. Because it has to do with the revival that awakens your heart. Can you see? Amen. God bless you.